The Women of Color STEM Conference presents Go With The Flow, adapting to challenges and achieving your college goals, a professional development seminar. Featuring CEO and founder of I Am A Genius, Candace Cox Wimberly, an IT application manager for Canton Township and professor at Northwood University, Dr. Tasha Paget. Many college students begin to develop a routine and expectations for college life within the first few weeks. Qualities such as flexibility and adaptability can help students acclimate themselves to the new college schedules and changes, such as being away from home and being responsible for making your own decisions. College life can offer so many life-changing experiences and opportunities for students, from networking and coaching to becoming more independent and developing the leadership skills to succeed. Adaptability is about having access to a range of new behaviors for success, such as cognitive, emotional, and dispositional flexibility. This can be the difference between making the most of the college experience and barely getting by or failing out. Learn what you can do to adapt to your new surroundings and schedule in order to take advantage of the college offerings that will propel you into your new career. Without further ado, the Women of Color STEM Conference presents Go With The Flow, adapting to challenges and achieving your college goals, a professional development seminar, featuring Candace Cox Wimberly and Dr. Tasha Paget. Good afternoon. My name is Candace Cox Wimberly. I am the CEO and founder of I Am a Genius, which is an inspirational brand that is high-end fashion as well as function. And we focus on providing workshops and professional empowerment and youth empowerment throughout communities. And today we're going to be working with Dr. Tasha to talk with you all in college preparation because um, it's something that's really near and dear to my heart as well as my company as we focus on doing a lot of workshops and programming on pre-college and first generation college students to go to college as well as freshmen transitioning smoothly, smoothly into college. I am from Detroit and I welcome you all as well here to Michigan for the STEM conference, but I hope you're enjoying the city and a beautiful river. <laughs> so, starting off, what is your ultimate goal? If you're going to college, your ultimate goal is to work in your career and to graduate. You may be the first graduate in your family. You may not be the first graduate, but your ultimate goal is what? Pretty much graduate and get a job. Mm -hmm. You have a different goal in mind? Anybody else have something they don't want to do other than that? Exactly. So I'm not, no one's going to school to not graduate and to not get a job. So we think about the success rate for first year college students. What do you all think the success rate is? If you just had to throw it out. How many people do you really think that first year college student is, what's the percentage of people that actually graduate that's going to school? Mm -hmm. Yes. So with that, you all know that 28% of the students drop out and never make it to their sophomore year. That's, you're like, that's a lot. That's more than one-fourth. 28% drop out. 12% of those students that do stay in school, they wind up transferring to another school. 
reason is so many different, it's so many reasons why they transfer. And only 60% of those students actually stay at the same school they started off with. And today I'm going to kind of go over some of those reasons why and how to help you adopt and adapt to a college environment so that you will not, not make the, the first decision or be the worst decision or a decision that you want to change. So some of the top reasons why students fail classes or fail school or drop out, one is financial problems. Can you all agree? They can't afford it. It's a way that you get around having financial issues. You also have poor secondary school preparation. Do you all know what that, that means? I'm gonna say, so pretty much they weren't prepared to actually go to school to begin with. Some of the other reasons is they're not sure or convinced on a major. That's where Candace is going to give a little bit of insight on that too. Because when you first start off at school, you may not even know why you're going to school, what was the purpose, why you're there. Or you have conflict at work or family commitments. Any of these things familiar to any of you all? Did you know someone that probably stopped going to school for some of these reasons? Another major reason is that they keep failing courses. Who's going to keep going to school and they can't? They're not successful at all. So three of the other reasons is lack of quality time with teachers and counselors. And you may not think that's important, but having good quality time with your teacher or counselor is very essential. Because there are a lot of things that you don't know about school that your counselor or your teacher can help you with, to help you navigate, because you're really going into a brand new environment. I know for you two, you're coming from a whole nother country, so everything is brand new. Then, you have a demotivating school environment. How did you feel when you first entered into your school? Was you like really excited? Was it really easy for you to adopt? So lack of student support is another reason. So, one of the big things I would say, the first thing you need to do to get a big grasp around this, define what students are you. So in high school, and even some of the individuals that's in college, you have all types of students. You have that overachiever. You have that class clown. I know it's funny, isn't it? <laughs> you even have that one that's the, when I say the one that's really an artist, I'm speaking from a professor standpoint, where I have, I will give out assignments, and I have all these doodling all on the side <laughs> of the paper. And I'm like, this person really should not be in IT. They should be in art. They should be an artist because mm -hmm. They're not paying attention in class because they're have flowers, smiling faces, or the one who gets high grades that hardly have to do any kind of studying. What type of student are you? That's something that you really have to think about before you even enter college, or you think about going to college, because guess what? You might have to become a different type of student. You're the one who knows where all the parties at, or you're the one who's falling asleep in class. That's not gonna cut it when you get to college. If you're the one who don't have to do that much work but always get A's, that's not going to cut it when you get to college either because you may actually have to put some more work because you're going into a very different environment. So some of the key things that you need to do is be an active student. And you want to know what is an active student. An active student, they review notes. They create concept maps. They don't just read the paper right before. They actually create cheat sheets and study guides. They create practice tests. 
they actively engage in other activities. And when I say in other activities, that means they're not just going to their dorm room and they're sitting there. They're not being, they're not being social. Because you have to be an active student in order to be successful in college. How many times have you went to your classes and you went right back to your room and that's all you did the whole week? Can anybody answer that question? They didn't do anything else. They just went to their classes, maybe went to a, you know, at the cafeteria, then they went back into their dorm room. They didn't socialize with their friends. They're not part of any kind of activities outside of the classroom. Guess what? There are some schools just like that. And those are some of the schools that wind up either transferring to another school or they don't go back because it's, they're actually homesick. And that's where, when I say you have to make sure you're reaching out to your different teachers and your advisors because they can give you like different support groups or they can give you, they can recognize, that's almost a form of actually being depressed. Mm. You're not adapting to your environment. Mm. So that's why they have so many different groups. At your school, do they have a club that's just for your um, culture, for your race? That you can, those are key because sometimes you just need somebody that's like you in your class or in your environment. And a lot of times, even with a, being a woman of color, you're, you're the minority the majority of the time in the classrooms and in your environment. Have a healthy relationship. Be proactive on scholarships and financial aid. Don't wait until the time for to pay the bill and you're trying to scramble to figure out how you're going to pay it. That make those individuals that's in the uh, financial aid office know your name, know your major, know your curriculum, know everything about you. She likes to roller skate. Hey, we got a scholarship for people that roller skate. I think I need to call her. Those are things. Chime in on that too. Can I chime in on the yeah, active student? So as an active student, I would like to highlight the point, you're already doing part of what you need to do because you're here. You're ahead of the ball already because you are coming to conferences and you're networking and you're meeting people, right? And your why to come here is something that I highly recommend continuing to do, being in those circles, meeting people and networking because it makes a tremendous difference. Let me share with you a quick story. So in my experience and time of going to college, I had three internships. My first internship was at uh, Nordstrom's. Anybody shocked or familiar with Nordstrom's? Yeah, I love their clothes. Um, I also had an internship at the Frank Murphy Hall of Justice, which is up the street here at the courthouse. And then my third internship was at um, uh, Michigan House of Representatives, the Capitol. Each one of those internships, guess what happened at the end of them? At some point, I was offered a full-time job. So what I'm sharing with you all in regards to networking is also about internships. Internships is an opportunity for you to really get your foot in the door of being an active student, but being able to really talk to those professionals who are in the line of work that you're interested in, meeting with those professors who might have relationships with somebody in the industry you're seeking to get in. And when you are doing these internships, you're able to learn about it, try it on, see if you really like it. And then while you're trying this on, you're also learning about that role, learning from that professional about how you can be like them, how you can see yourself in this role. Or if you figure out like, well, 
this ain't what I thought. What better time to do it than then while you are in college and being able to go and see versus you pay all this money, you graduate, and you'd be like, man, I'm not really sure this is for me. So being able to take advantage of internships is very key because it's really going to help you guys be able to really get in line. And I'm grateful and fortunate not only that I get offered positions in each one of those, it was something that even came with a window of time. One of those, I was doing internship while I was an undergrad. I went on, I just, you know, was going on in my pursuit of being a lawyer. I was in law school. It was my first semester. And my supervisor reached out to me and was retiring and said, I want to offer you my position. You know what I mean? So that's something I can't hone in on more than just saying continue to do in the networking while you're here, making those relationships, talking to individuals, being able to go and be able to give your best foot forward, though, while you're there and doing these things. So one of the things that I had mentioned right before you all came in is recognize what type of student you are. Because how many people are in their first year of college here? How many people are in their second year of college? Or third, or not the first year? So I'm quite sure that when you were in high school, you were one type of student, but when you got to college, you realized, oh my, I'm not, this is not the same type of ball game that I was at before. I might mm -hmm. have to be a little different. So I just went back to this slide just because I know sometimes it's hard for you to adjust to a whole nother environment, a whole nother learning experience, a whole nother everything. And some of the key things you have to realize is that you have to be able to be flexible. And what I was saying about being flexible, what I mean about being flexible is that you have to be intellectually flexible. Keep an open mind. And you should be able to demonstrate that you can integrate into new, new information into everything that you do. You may have one teacher that when you had math in high school, they taught it a certain way all the time. Now you get this, this college class, this professor, he's dull, he's, he's not lively, and basically gives you the syllabus and that's it. And pretty much when you show up, you can be prayer. You are totally like, oh my goodness. This is not how I'm used to operate. Mm -hmm. I'm used to I'm used to a smaller environment, or I'm used to a bigger environment. Guess what? What do you think you need to do at those times? You're gonna have to be flexible. You're gonna have to you when you in the other slide, if you identified yourself as that student that didn't have to work that hard for always get A's, guess what? You are not that student anymore. And I'm gonna tell you now, from a person who I got all A's all up into college. Right. <laughs> It was a reality shock to me yeah. because I was always the top of the class. I was mm -hmm. always the one the teacher was like, ask Tasha, mm -hmm. and she can help you. Then I get in school, and now I'm in an environment where, one, I actually went to Wayne State. I went to Wayne State, so at Wayne State, I was like, okay, on a, and I would see people, and I, you're not used to Wayne State. Wayne State is an urban school in the middle of Detroit. And so it's actually a great school, though. Mm -hmm. So it was funny because I'd be on the school center and I would see everyone that looked like me. I'm having fun. But then when I got in my class, I was the only one. And I'm like, where is everybody mm -hmm. else at? I was just at Little Caesars. We was having fun. But I was the only one. Mm -hmm. My major was computer science. Not only was I the only black girl in the class, the other minority person was a white guy in my class. Everybody else was from India. <laughs> and so I'm in this class, and the white guy was like, hey, do you want to team up? I said, I guess you could team up with me, because I don't have nobody else to team up with. Mm -hmm. 
And it would be a group of five, and it would just be me and him. And I'm like, oh my goodness, nobody. And he never knew anything. So it was always me. I was basically carrying the load. Oh, and it was man. funny because that first semester, I finished, and it was a computer science, let's say 101, the next choice was 102, you know. So mm -hmm. you pretty much have some of the same people in each class. Guess what? That second semester, everybody wanted to be in my class, on my group. Mm. But by that time, I was like, I'm, I'm straight. I'm going to be in this group by myself. You could be, and I didn't want the white guy. I was like, I don't even want you in my group. I asked the professor. He was the same professor. He was like, how should you even do it by yourself? He was like, you did a really good job by yourself. Because mm -hmm. it was like a group project. But I'm like, it was just easier for me at that point. Because you didn't want me to be in your group with you anyway. Can I add to that, too? Yeah. Another part of the flexibility, which what Tashi said, absolutely, it can be a shock when you're like, wait a minute, these grades don't add up. What's going on here? I studied my butt off. How in the world did I get that? As a professor, and so I'm a professor as well. Well, I get, to this day, I get students saying, I got an A on that, and I got an A on this, but I don't understand why do I have a 65% year class? Because guess what? Every grade is not the same, it's not weighed the same. Pay attention to your syllabus. Pay attention to the weight of your assignments. Mm -hmm. Because you can turn in every homework assignment, but guess what? Your homework assignment may only be five percent of your homework may only be five percent of your grade. What's the big percentage of your grade? Could be quizzes or tests or that project right. that you feel like it's right. so, it's so meaningless. That could be a whole forty percent of your grade. Yeah. So if you get a bad grade on that forty that's forty percent of your grade is not good. And people need to pay attention to how things are weighed. Um, I always, I always pay attention to people and say, hey, make sure that you're, I always tell, I have two kids. I have a 16-year-old and a 13-year-old. And I would always tell them, if you have four things to do for school, do the hardest thing first. And they say, why, mom? I was like, because if you only have two hours to get all this stuff done, you do the hardest thing first because you're putting the most effort in that. That stuff that's easy to you, you can do it real quick. You only have, if you only have five more minutes, you can do that easy thing real quick. Do the, put the most time in the hardest thing, but then, but then my one daughter, she argued, she said, I like quick wins. I want the easy thing first because that's a helps. Motivator. Quick win. Motivator. And I'm like, but if you only have two minutes left and you're, I'm driving you to school, that hard thing, you need more than 10 minutes to fix that, do that. That's true. You only need 10 minutes to do the easy thing. That's true. And that weighing in part was very, very key of being able to know the percentage. And I was remembering like when I would get those grades so, and I'm like, how in the world and I studied so hard regardless? Because I was like Tasha, an undergrad, I mean, in high school, getting honor roll, all A's. When I got to college, I got some courses I was not familiar with and I had to adapt to that challenge and change. Initially, it was such a shock. It was discouraging because I'm like, I don't understand. If I'm studying my butt off, why in the world am I getting a 1.5? You all know what a 1.5 is, right? A D. So I'm like, okay, what do I need to do? So one thing is that real quickly, I'll share that helped me was, as Tasha shared, met with my professors immediately. And what I know now and what I'll share with you all is not waiting until the grades go down. If you're not getting a, at least a B, you need to be on their door, making sure and seeing what is missing, what is wrong. Another part of the flexibility is I made it a point to get in groups of people that were doing better in class. I was colorblind. I didn't care. I went to Michigan State. So it's predominantly Caucasian university. A lot of times, as Tasha share, I was probably the only African-American in the classroom. I was colorblind. I just went after him like, oh, you get this? Let's see if we can yeah. form a study Do group. Do not wait to the end. 
do not. So like when I was, one thing is be receptiveness. A lot of times you're so used to being in your environment. Mm -hmm. And that was one of the problems, one big thing I had was I was so used to just being around my own people that when I got in the room, I got in the class, I think it was kind of like reverse. Like I was like, I don't want to be in a group with them because they don't, they don't, they're going to be trying to touch my hair. I mean, I don't <laughs> want to be in a group with them. But in the same token, it was funny because where we're located, where Wayne State is at, you know, mm -hmm. look across that water, it's Canada. We have a lot of Canadian that actually come to Wayne State. So they were like pretty much, hey, I was living with them. Literally, I know I was a lot smarter than they were. I didn't realize that until we got in a group. And I was like, oh, y'all not really helping me. But one of the things that I found out was don't be open. I mean, make sure you be open to different people's attitudes, different people's point of views, because a lot of times that helped me out a lot. That helped me out even with cultures and everything, because that made me, a, it would not only help you with how to get me successful, it help you in the workforce. Um, do anybody pay, pay for art here? So if you were usually in a black school or black environment, African-American environment, those are two types of cards you play. But I learned at school, what is it called, Euchre? Euchre is like equivalent to spades or bed. So it was funny because this is a different type of card game they were playing. I was thinking like, oh, we don't play that in my hood. We play bid or spades. Guess what? I learned how to play Euchre at college. Yes, work. And they had like a little... Like a little competition at lunch one time. It was a some kind of holiday. And they were like, "Oh, we're gonna have cards." They bust out the cards. Mind you, I'm the only African American at my job. I'm like, okay. They were like, "Oh, we know this not be it or spades." Tasha, you're not gonna know how to play it. I was like, "I know how to play it." Don't 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 do me now. I can't play this. <laughs> yeah, I played with them and they were just like floored. Like, oh my god. I beat them because I'm really competitive. So I, I did beat them. I was trying to be professional about how I was beating them, but I, I beat them. But that opened the door for our dialogue to my work environment later on. Little did I know back in college, I was going to learn a skill set that was going to help me 10 years later to be able to kind of have like a break a cultural barrier between me and my colleagues. So a lot of times when you go to college, you're not so receptive to open and be be open to other people's um, cultures and changes. Next thing is to be flexible with your creativity. Think of different ways that you can do stuff. How many people like public speaking? <laughs> Don't raise your hand at one time. <laughs> community service. Anybody like community service? Uh, what are some of the things that you all like to do? Other than shopping, I heard that. That's my daughter right there. <laughs> shopping, no money, please. <laughs> um, That's the best time, time to shop for somebody else's please. money. <laughs> no, no, my time is trying to get into my clothes. What is Poshmark? I don't know. It's a way you sell stuff. She, this, it's not old. It's my clothes. She's trying to sell. <laughs> Be creative. Start opening your mind to new things because sometimes when you enter college, you really don't know what you want to do just yet. Like you say, okay, I want to be a doctor. I want to be a doctor. And almost similar to what Candace said, how she had an internship. I had an internship. My thing was I'm going to be a computer programmer. I knew it. 
back when I was in high school. I'm going to be a computer programmer. That's what I want to do. I got an internship directly out of high school. I was um, interning at Copyware. Did that for the first year. It was a high school. Like it was because I was an intern directly out of high school. I look back, they just gave me some little, I worked in a technical library. Nothing really technical. The next year, they gave me a real, real intern. Like I did an intern every, every summer. So that next year, I worked with programmers. Working with those programmers, guess what I found out? I hated it. I did not want to be a computer programmer. I did not like the people I worked with because those individuals were coming in. They had their pajamas on. They were not sociable. I'm not a non-sociable person. I need someone to talk to. I'll be talking to them. They'd be looking at me. All they wanted to do was sit up there. Sometimes it didn't even smell like they even took a shower. It was horrible. Mm -hmm. So I remember coming home to my mother, and I was talking to her, and I was like, I don't want to be a computer programmer. I don't really think it's for me because what you really do at work is not what I want to do. I don't see myself working eight-hour days working in this type of environment. Mm -hmm. I said, but at that time, because I was such an overachiever, even though this was like my second year going into college, I had way more credits than a second-year student. Like I was almost like a third-year student, mm -hmm. you know, on number wise. Mm -hmm. So she said... My mother gave me the best advice ever. She said, college is only four years, five years tops, maybe even six years. She's like, but your rest of your life is forever. Do you want to sit up here and set yourself up to have a career that you do not want to do forever? She was like, switch your major. Change your major to something that you want. And I'm like, thought about the financial thing. Like, we're not rich. I'm on a four-year scholarship. i got to finish this degree in four years. Mm -hmm. I don't have an extra semester to, to give them. She said, think of something else. Think of how you're going to do it. So I switched my major to MIS and business. But it was still kind of computer with it. Make a long story short, graduated with MIS. Had so many credits in computer science, my minor was in computer science. Every job I applied for, they wanted me for computer science. They didn't want me for MIS. So I wanted to get a job doing what I, what I originally wanted to do. But I became that liaison between the coders and the managers because they needed someone mm. that could speak to them. Because mm. you know, most techie part people are not that sociable. They're not. But I was able to have that communication, that dialogue with them to say, hey, y'all know y'all can do this in a, in a week or two. Stop telling the managers it's gonna take you a month because it doesn't take that much to hold this or do this. But I would tell the manager, y'all be unrealistic. We can't do this. We have to test, we have to do this. You know, I'm, I have to lay down the steps to them in a, certain way so they can understand, oh, because most techie people, and sometimes I do act like a real, true techie, I don't feel like being bothered telling you exactly how things are working. I'm telling you this and that's it. I don't want to give you all that background estimation. So for me, I wind up making a niche for me. Every job that I have worked at, I have always been that voice between the programmers and management because I know how to do it, which actually steered me to be go get my master's, my MBA. Because I'm like, I like managing. I like to tell people what to do. But I also like to manage a group of people, and I know how to do the job. That's two, that's two different things. Because you will get a job, and the person that's managing you have no clue. That's the worst type of manager ever. Because they don't know what, they can't, you can't help me do anything. You just ask me to do something. But be creative with your flexibility. Figure out exactly other ways, other things you might do. Join organizations that you could never think that you might want to do. So for you all that don't like public speaking, join Toastmasters. Join that public speaking 
within your college. You want to know why? Every, every job that you get, you're going to have to speak at some point. You're going to have to. So if you already know that it's a, a sore spot for you, why not try it out now while you're in college? Why wait till you get in the work environment to start trying it out? And some of you are already doing it, whether you know it or not, on social media. You're getting behind a camera. If you do it, anybody here do videos on social media? On Snapchat or such, to some capacity, name. but it's, it's public speaking in a whole grander realm because you're talking to people across the world, and that's something that helps you get familiar with public speaking, doing the YouTube videos, doing your Facebook, and being able to get familiar in that platform is really helpful for you in that. You know you do public speaking more than what you think you do. But some of the things that um, be flexible on the modifications of your behavior. And what I mean about that is you need to make sure you're able to not get so set in one routine all the time. Pay attention to what you're doing. And I hate to have to bring this up. But think about now, one of the key things that we have to think about when you're in the college environment is terrorists. People that's out there doing mass craziness. So if you're walking and you see something that's out the norm, pay attention. Pay attention to your environment. Pay attention to everything. Because you never know, it could have been that one thing where you see something that's a little bit off, you might even want to save the whole university. And then you get an award, and then you get your whole school paid for it for free, because you saved everyone's life. You're listening to Go With The Flow, adapting to challenges and achieving your college goals a professional development seminar. Featuring Candace Cox Wimberly and Dr. Tasha Padgett. Brought to you by the Women of Color STEM Conference. Uniting women in STEM by continuing the press for progress. Be sure to check out our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. But, I mean, on a more serious level, be be flexible and make sure you can don't have the same um, routine every day. You don't because you don't want anyone to know your pattern. And when you're going to college, you have to be a little bit more flexible on different things on your behavior. Make sure you call your parents. I'm just saying from a double the mother standpoint right there. Let us know you're okay. <laughs> don't don't brush us up all the time when you want to go to that party. We know we was kids before. We know. But the next thing we're going to go into is three main things, and this is where Candace is going to play a great role in. You look at these, and you're like, what in the world is this? The first one, that first picture of that person sitting up in the front is know when to pay attention. Pay, you're going to pay attention to your environment. You're going to pay attention to the school. You're going to pay attention to everything. Know when to step out of your... Step out of the zone or your group of friends and say, okay, I need to get some new friends. I need a new group of people because these individuals, all they want to do is party. Guess what? I need to pay attention to, I can't go to that party because I have a test tomorrow. Know when to figure out your time management because time management is very relevant. Look at your grades. Don't wait till you're failing to get a tutor. Go get a tutor before. Mm -hmm. My grade, I'm in IT. The first thing I did 
is I got a tutor for psychology. You would think, why in the world is she getting a tutor for psychology? And I still only got a B minus in that class. It just wasn't a subject for me. You would think that would come natural, but it was not a natural subject for me. It wasn't. And my tutor laughed. She was like, you're so smart. Why in the world are you, why are you here? I was like, I'm not getting this. I don't read people. I don't know all this behavior stuff. Give me some numbers. Let me write some stuff down. I mean, behavior is so unpredictable. But I got a tutor for it. I recognize, I mean, me feeling like I was the smartest thing since sliced bread was invented, that was hard for me to do. I had to put my pride aside and walk into that tutor room and say, I need some help. I asked for help early. I asked for help after my first quiz came back. I was like, oh, it's not working for me. I was happy with that B minus. I skipped with like, yay, <laughs> I got a B minus in this class. Know when to reevaluate everything. Figure out when you're like, okay, I, I, like you told me earlier, you said I chose my school because that's where my parents want to go to. How many people's parents helped them choose their school? How many parents really helped shape where your career interests? So with that, a lot of times we're doing things that it might not be your passion and you're struggling at it or you're not really happy with it. But it may actually be your passion. So if you find yourself need to really reevaluate everything, take the time to reevaluate it. I would tell you for my daughter, I really want her to be a doctor. But I don't think that's going to happen. I don't. She wanted, I want, I got her all the doctor stuff in high school, doctors up tomorrow, every little thing for doctors. So one day she, and I'm, I'm in, you know, I'm in business. So I'm part of the Black MBA Association. So she was, I put her in LOT, Leaders of Tomorrow. It's like a little competition. Put her in there. She excelled. Did great. But I don't want her to go into business. I want her to be a doctor. So she came to me one day. She said, Mom, remember you told me that I need to make my own decision on my future. And that you're not going to be paying for me forever. I was like, yeah, you need to figure out something. She said, I think I like medicine. But I like management too. I said, well, think about how, what else you want to do. Well, how can you merge both of those? So she did some research and she came back with healthcare administration. So that's what she started looking to. I have another daughter who likes to do hair. She wants to be a cosmetologist. That's my bold child. She just basically told me, I want to be a cosmetologist. I want to do hair. I want to do nails. I'm going to be doing Beyonce hair. And I'm going to be doing, I'm like, Beyonce's going to be so old by then. She's not going to be do Beyonce hair. But she's extremely smart in science and engineering. Very smart. Like genius level. Like she tested genius level on science and math. So I said, well, since you want to do hair, why don't you make your own hair products? So what I did was I started giving her stuff to start doing. So she makes hair products now. She was actually here yesterday with um, her school. They were looking at K-12 school. She's in eighth grade. They interviewed her because she has her own hair product line now. And so she is 13 with her hair product line, and she still does hair. All she did was watch YouTube University all day <laughs> on YouTube, learning how to do this, learning how to do that. So next year, she's going to start going to high school, and she's going to get her copy positive license. Is that my idea for what I wanted my child to do when I had her? No, not at all. But I realized that I have to make sure whatever my kids do in the future, they're happy, 
because I want them to have a career and not a job, and that's two different things. So that's why I said, why don't you make care products? I do want her to go to college, so now when you ask her what she's going to do, she says, I'm going to be a chemist. I'm going to go to chemistry, and I'm going to go for entrepreneur, because she wants to be her own boss. She probably would be my one child that would have tattoos everywhere. In Pearson, I can see it. I already see it already. So she's going to have to be her own boss, because I don't know who's going to hire her. <laughs> but also the other thing, to so know when to ask for help. Know when to go to your, your counselors, your advisors. Know when to ask for help. Don't wait till the last minute because what I pointed out at the beginning, half the reason why people are not successful is for financial reasons, um, other commitments, loneliness, other things that if you have a real relationship with your advisors and teachers, they can help you. So I'm going to introduce, for some people who didn't know, Ms. Candace, well, Mrs. Candace. She's going to come up here and talk about her book, which helps you realize and plan on how to evaluate your future. So a couple of things that, you know, come to mind in me immediately was one thing that Ms. Tasha, Dr. Tasha shared was how you're picking your major and if you had loved ones help shape that decision, whether it was where you went to school or what major you're deciding to go into. How many people said your family members had a part in that again? Okay. A lot of people, I remember coming across that when I was in college, right? And I remember seeing some of my uh, counterparts, they would be like, man, you know what? I really don't want to go into this. My parents tell me I'm paying for this and you have to major in this and that's what you need to do because they're looking long-term, whether it be that's something that they're in, their father was a doctor and they said you have to go into medicine mm -hmm. or if it's engineering in a family or they're first to go to college and the whole family is investing and counting them and say you got to get a job that's going to get some good money, right? So at that time, you know, I was just like, man, I'm really grateful that I have the freedom to select whatever the major I'm going to go into. Looking back, when I graduated, I wrote a book. And the book is entitled, I Am a Genius Career Journal. The career journal is for those exact reasons, to really have that safe space, right? Anybody in here journal? Ever journal? Journal? Okay. I know I journal. And I know journaling is kind of like having a diary when you kind of write your thoughts, somebody else reads it, and you're not being judged. That's a big part of why I decided to make it a career journal, because it's an opportunity to really think about and discover what it is you're really passionate about, what it is that you're really interested in. Because at the end of the day, what you're passionate about is actually the awakening of what you're created to do, your purpose. And everything that you're going to school for, if you are able to get that training in that area, that certification, that degree in the areas you're passionate about, that's how much more dynamic you will be, right? So keeping in mind in regards to like knowing when to get help and knowing when to evaluate, I think the personal evaluation with oneself should happen daily. It should happen daily, remembering, looking at it like from this perspective. When you're going to college and the college decides to accept you, you know what the process and main end goal they have, you all know? They want to be able to have you as a proud alumni. They want you to represent their school. They want you to be able to say, okay, we believe when they decide how they're going to select students, they say, okay, let's see if they're going to be able to survive and retain and not be a part of that 23 to 28% that drops out. And if they're going to be able to represent us in whatever degree or major you're going to go into, right? So they have that mindset going in. 
I want everyone in this room to have that same mindset of knowing that you're valuable. You're valuable in your great work. So when you're in college and the majors you decide to go into, think about it as one, it's an investment. Whatever the way you're paying for college, whether that be your own pocket, your parents' pocket, or Sally Mae's pocket, or scholarships, it costs money, right? Is, is college cheap? Huh? It's expensive, right? <laughs> it's expensive. It is a business. So knowing that, we got to be able to know how to play the game. And knowing it's a business, getting the most out of it. When you are adapting, a part of that adaption is, again, getting to know your professors. Not waiting until it's too late. What I did, somebody told me before I went to college. It says, you know what, Candace? Go introduce yourself to professors the first day. I would say as a college professor, that makes a very big difference. When, when I have my students, usually on the first day of class, one, I have to go through the point of making sure the students realize I'm, I'm not a student because a lot of times right. I will go into the class and they're like, you're the teacher. So I've been teaching for like, oh, about 16 years now. So at the beginning, they will always think I was one of the students. I'll play games sometimes. I will come and sit with them. And I'm like, when is the teacher going to show up? And they're like, yeah, you know, we're talking about it. But I would get up then I would teach. But I would say, honestly, the big thing is when I have the students that come and introduce themselves to me and tell me a little bit about themselves, that makes a big difference. Because especially when I have my face-to-face, because -face, I teach online and face-to-face. -face. When I have my face-to-face -face classes, because it allows me to really realize, oh, this, this is, so I know this is her. So I know that when I know, I started knowing a little bit about you, um, I have students that set up appointments with me way before they even need to. I have, I have one student that helped, she has set these appointments up for the whole semester. And I was like, you're one of the best ones. What are we going to talk about? And she was like, I just, I do that with everyone just in case I am having problems because, you know, I've had, I'm like, and I had to really understand, okay, I understand that. That was me. But then I had students that, I'm like, listen, I'm going to tell you, we need to talk. You come see me. You call me in my office hours. They'd be like, oh, they'll come in. They would, and I'm like, what, what do you think I'm going to do, bite? I'm trying to, and when I tell you I want to see everyone succeed, I'm serious. I want to see everyone succeed. So even with my online classes, when I have people that's not um, participating, or I see I've already had two tests or I had homework assignments missing, I send an email out to my student and I CC their advisor. And the advisors, I've won like faculty a year award, like three years in a row, because the advisors are like a lot of professors don't do that. But I do that because I want this advisor or counselor to reach out to this student. Mm -hmm. Now you know this child is having a problem or this adult is having a problem. Don't wait till they reach out. Somebody needs to be, but I think that that holds that student accountable as well because now they know their advisor knows it. You can't go to that advisor and be like, I didn't even know I was failing in the class. And the teacher, what I hate the most is after midterms or right before finals, you come to me and ask me, what can I do to, mm -hmm. to bring my grade up? Mm -hmm. Do we have any, is it extra credit on the syllabus? Did you read the syllabus? Does it say it's extra credit? No. Mm -hmm. I'm not about, you know the, your emergency is not my emergency. I'm not about to have to do all this extra work because you wait until the last minute. But on the flip side, when I have a relationship with you and I see that you're struggling, guess what? I'm going to get some extra credit. I'm going to work some things out. And because I'm working some things out for you, I'm working it out for the whole class. So I will present it to the whole class. Hey, this is, 
So you are actually saving a lot of other students from failing because now I see that this one student has saved it for the whole class. I, I need her to pass. So I want to, I'm a, whatever I give to you, I'm going to give to everyone else. So I would just say, speak up. Okay. Yep. So big, see, it works, right? Talk to your professors, introduce yourself. It makes a huge difference. So from both ends, you are all able to see that. Take notes too. I mean, I know today's world, you have your cell phones, you have your notepads, we're getting clarity with your professors and making sure whatever their preference is, it's important to be respectful, but also making a point, even when you're coming to these seminars and workshops, jot it down because you will be like, man, what did they say? What should I do? And making a point to just writing everything down, having those relationships. Real quickly in regards to like those relationships with your professor, you know how well it works? Not only does it help when you're trying to figure out how to make your grade get boost, I was even invited by one of my professors to be a TA. And it looked good on my resume, but it was also that relationship that was developed. I did well in the class, I performed well, but I was also someone that sat in the front of the class. I wasn't asked to come to the front. I sat up front because again, I looked at it as it's a business. It's something that I'm investing in myself every, and I, got scholarships, but also loans. And I'm like, okay, this is something I'm really serious about. Anybody have student loans in here? Okay, right, it's a monster. But it's something I'm like, if I'm making that sacrifice to get those student loans, then I'm gonna make a point to make it really serious. So everyone that has student loans, I have a question. Have you been to your financial aid office and seen what scholarships are available? Hi, okay. My name is Samuel Foto. I'm a generous fan, and I'm at Montgomery College. Well, at MC, um, as a second year student, I didn't know about a lot of scholarship. And luckily, actually, um, I, I had a scholarship. I was able to get it from a friend because mm -hmm. he, he told me about it and I applied and I got it. But a lot of people don't know about it. Mm -hmm. and a lot of people don't want to do financial aid because it's, very, it's a long process. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know if so, it's a way to. So most schools, that was that's the key thing about going to um, a lot of orientations like a lot of college orientations discuss that but that's the key thing about actually going to your advisors in your scholarship office mm -hmm. every school has a scholarship office every school has it and actually it's one of the most underutilized offices at most universities mm -hmm. because it actually takes effort to actually go in there and figure out what they have to offer um, there overall the university wants to see you to be succeed be successful. So they're going to try to make sure you stay in to um, be able to afford your schooling. And Google, get online. There's so many scholarships out there. My child got a, she just recently got a scholarship just because she writes with her left hand. Yes, I have um, a disease called ulcerative colitis, which is IB disease, which is similar to Crohn's. I actually give out a $2,000 scholarship to any student that goes to Wayne State University that's an African-American that has ulcerative colitis. I've given this scholarship out probably twice because it's not that many people that actually go in and fill it out and say they qualify for it. Money on the table. See, so, but if they will go actually go to the scholarship office and they have like, um, I know like at my old university, they have a whole like a little survey and they ask you, do you have this? Do you have diabetes? Do you have these? They're not trying to be nosy. They're trying to give you, connect you to the right donor that's willing to give out money. So do, are you the first, first, first generation of graduates? Mm -hmm. 
So, I mean, those are the different things. They're asking you those questions because there's money. I have to get tax write-offs. So I don't want the IRS to take my money when I file for my tax um, my taxes. I prefer to take my put my money where I want it to be. It's a tax write-off for me. So I I feel better saying, hey, I gave this money to this young lady to go to school than giving the money to the government. Mm-hmm. So it's so something to think about. It's not it's more of this is where your mindset and students' mindset have to be a little bit different because now you're an adult and it's time for you to take control of your future. So you have to own your own future. You have to imagine your ideal outcome. What do you really want to happen? Do you really want to work in a career? Do you want to be your own boss? What do you want? You guys take charge of your education. That's part of taking charge of your education. So you say you didn't know, somebody told you, but guess what you need to go do now? You need to go to that office. You need to go talk to them, bug them. I need help. Tell me what scholarships I need to do. You're an African-American female. There's plenty out there. You're a two times minority. You're a female and you're African-American. So, or a woman of color, because you might not be African-American, I'm sorry. So, <laughs> but, you're, there's lots of minority scholarships out there for everyone. There are things that you, different organizations you can be part of that can help this. We want to throw money at you, really, we do. Um, follow your interests, but stay open. Remember my child who wants to be a doctor, but now she's going to health administration because now you're able to do both of them. But always realize you might have two careers in your lifetime, so set yourself up because Candace went to school for law, but now she's an author. <laughs> um, before we get um, move on from the scholarship issue, my mm-hmm. name is Guadalupe Guerrero. I'm going to Mott Community College, and I've already built a rapport with my school. I have built a rapport with my scholarship office, but I am transferring out in this winter. Do you have any advice for transferring students since you're working at Wayne State? So for transfer students, they actually have lots of transfer student scholarships too. So you can contact Wayne State and you can say, well, I'm a transfer student coming from a two-year school. Um, I know when I I used to teach for Oakland Oakland Community College, and a lot of the four-year colleges and four-year universities will come for career fairs, and they will actually be trying to give out scholarships. Um, if you're at a two-year school, and I taught at Wayne County Community College as well, so if you're at a two-year school and you have a certain GPA, you can get a, the rest of your two years paid for at certain colleges. So please reach out. Reach out and let them know you're a transfer student, and they will, they will connect you with the right people to make sure that you have, you get no scholarship um, opportunities. There's different organizations that you get part of. Um, because I have a, I'm part of the Black MBA Association. We give out a lot of things to to business association, business students as well. Was that helpful? So I mean, be proactive. Take take charge of your education. This is your life. So go ahead, call them, reach out to them, email them. They have the they can they can connect you with the right people and they can show you where to go. And I can add to that too. There's a website. I don't know if you all heard of KPAX. Anybody heard of KPAX? No. They need to actually start giving me some money because I've been putting them on the map. KPAX.com. C A P P E X. Hold on, I need to write this down too. Okay. 
it is a site, I repeat it, but KPEX is a site where you create a profile and it's specifically geared to be able to send you information on scholarships that are available that meet your qualification. C-A-P-P-E-X dot com. KPEX, and you'll continue to update your profile based upon your school year. They might have scholarships say it has to be a freshman in college or maybe you're a transfer student or if you're this nationality or if you have this religious domination. They have this full thorough profile you'll complete. Then they'll send you emails and say, you qualify for this, you qualify for that. And I really stress to my students when I communicate with them of, hey, when you have scholarships that are out there and you don't know about it, and then when you learn about it, go after it because that's leaving money on the table. And nobody want to leave money on the table. So KPEX.com, another thing is your college major. Those specific departments reach out and find out if they have scholarships. When I graduated college, I discovered my degree program had a scholarship specifically for that major. But yes. like Dr. Tasha shared, I didn't know. I didn't think about it. I went to the financial aid office. I went mm -hmm. to other outsources. But your direct major Look for scholarships. Yeah, and I will tell you that because I give directly a scholarship to black students or actually minority students. I don't even put it to black students. Minority students that go to Wayne State University that's in a major of MIS, Management Information System. I usually do get um, applicants for that every year. So the money that I don't give out for the other scholarship, I just roll it over to this scholarship. But because I was one of those students, I remember I just told you how my experience was in my classes, where I'm like, okay, this minority student actually needs some help because no one else is going to give them any money. So right there, reach out. Closed mouths don't get fed. More money about scholarships. One more thing since we're talking about that. Reaching out to your parents, family, companies where they work, looking for scholarships because a lot of times they will have a scholarship. Um, as well as wherever you spend your money. Coca-Cola, what you drink, what you eat, what you buy, your clothes. A lot of companies have nonprofits. We have scholarships that nobody ever knew. So really make a list where you invest most of your money and look on their websites to see if they have scholarship programs. So pretty much, I know like um, the credit unions have scholarships. Mm -hmm. um, it's key dates where people usually have scholarships at. Times. I mean, I know like around March time, at the end of the year, a lot of companies are trying to give out money because they're trying to be able to write it off. But I know that a lot of times students are not successful because of financial reasons. But other reasons is they're switching their major, they have family issues. You have to make sure you do good time management. Time management is key. Because I know that this is probably one of the first times that you all are away from home and you're like, oh, I'm just having a good time. My mother's not sitting up there getting on my nerves or um, just waking up on time. So that was one thing that I just had to, with my own kids. Now that they're in high school, well, the one that's in high school, I don't wake her up anymore. I told you, you gotta wake up with your alarm clock because I'm not gonna be there in another year when you go away to school to wake you up. She hates it. She's like, oh my goodness. I'm like, you gotta get up. So it's just different little things. So I hopefully, I hope that you all learned some things from this session. Make sure you do the evaluation. Good afternoon, everyone. I'm Jacqueline Martin. I work for the Missile Defense Agency as a manager for their hardware integration labs, and I'm also a STEM ambassador. It's a privilege to be here. I'm sorry I, 
I couldn't get her sooner, but I was working the career fair. That's good. We're so happy to have you here. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I just want to say, um, in the short um, dialogue that I heard, everything is right on target, exactly what you're saying about money, how much money is left on the table every year. And that we must always tell our kids, even when they get in college, to continue to continue apply. To, continue now, to apply. it is true that the fr freshman year is the best year to get full scholarship coverage. You need to get it coming in if you mm -hmm. can. But if you can't get it coming in, then you need to start going through your different departments and start finding outside entities, like you said, uh, like Miss Candace said, outside entities that will pay yes. for you. Like you said, the Coca-Colas, they have a Burger King. Um, they have a, a kid's Coles scholarship. Yes, they have they a McDonald. Do. I mean, everybody that you Google even do, have a scholarship. They do. You they, Google they do. has one. You know the little things that when you go on Google, those little little drawings? Yes. They have that scholarship. That started already back yes. from like sixth grade. They put that in. It's like a $600 scholarship, but six hundred a whole lot of $600 add up. Yes. <laughs> yes. And even if you, some people always continue to focus, oh, I need a real big you know, I need all my tuition paid and I have to have this. But sometimes you also got to look for other scholarships. Maybe you're not going to always get that big scholarship, but you can get smaller supplements from people to, to cover that. Mm -hmm. Or you can get a book, just a, simply a book or, or a um, dorm, like a room and board scholarship, mm -hmm. which yeah. makes a difference. So everybody yeah. just keeps thinking yeah. about tuition, but a book scholarship goes it's, a long way. Oh, yeah, a way. book scholarship, room and board. I know as a professor... I don't even have a lot of um, hard, hard, hard books anymore. Most of my books are online and digital because most of my students are reading digital books. And I'm actually in the process of writing a textbook. So it's going to be a digital copy because most students don't even want a hard copy book. So it's going to be so that you can rent the book out and return it. So, yeah. And that's a really, really good one in regards to like room and board. Jump on that because that's paying another reduction to your uh, tuition. But not only that, it's a great opportunity to develop additional relationships and also your network. So if you're learning how to be a mentor, you're learning skills on team management. You're also able to put that on your resume. You're able to use it to go study abroad and get jobs while you're in college or get those internships that may be paid. So mentorship, summer programs, summer camps, taking advantage of those, participating in the summer camps and being able to get paid or non-paid, but that's an opportunity for you to also spread your wings, get familiar and get experience in those particular fields and those particular areas. It's really key. Thanks for coming. Thank you for listening to Go With The Flow, adapting to challenges and achieving your college goals, a professional development seminar. Featuring CEO and founder of I Am A Genius, Candace Cox Wemberly, an IT application manager for Canton Township and professor at Northwood University, Dr. Tasha Paget. If you have enjoyed this presentation, be sure to attend the Women of Color STEM Conference. For more information on how you, your company, or organization can take part, visit www.womenofcolor.net. For college students, contact us at 410-244-7101.